0: And welcome everyone to All Things Psychology. Thank you so much for tuning in. In this podcast, we're going to dive deep into the topic of psychology. We will discuss its history and how it evolved into the discipline we know today. We will cover famous pioneers of psychology and their contributions to the field, as well as major topics in modern psychology and contemporary research. If you're interested in getting a better understanding of what psychology is and does and how it came to be, Then stay tuned! Our journey now brings us to ancient China. We will look at ancient China's contribution to the field of psychology and what China's major traditional schools of thought had to say about the human mind. Ancient China was one of the first civilizations to describe relationships between brain pathology and psychological problems. And a biopsychosocial model was the basis of medical and mental treatments, which is still in use today. The roots of psychological testing also lie in ancient China and can be traced back 3000 years. It is considered the most important contribution of Chinese culture to psychology. Psychological testing was used to assess the emperor's official's fitness for office. Their talent, behavior, intelligence, and personality was measured and observed through tests and interviews. During the Han Dynasty, which ranged from 206 BC to 220 AD, the use of test batteries was common in a civil service examination system. Only the very best were selected for public office. It is thought that Westerners learned about the Chinese testing programs during the 19th century. In 1832, the British East India Company copied the Chinese system for the first time to select employees. The British government adopted the system in 1855, and since then, its usage spread to other governments. Psychological testing today plays an important role in a whole field of psychology, be it to determine which candidate is best suited for a job diagnosing mental illnesses to propose an appropriate treatment, or assessing whether offenders can be classified as sane. The range in which psychological testing comes into play are numerous. The monk Liu si, presumably carried out the first psychological experiment in the 6th century AD, where he had participants drawing a square with one hand and a circle with the other hand, allegedly to test how easily people get distracted. Ancient Chinese society stood on three pillars, namely Confucianism, Taoism, and Buddhism. Their teachings have influenced ancient and contemporary Chinese society alongside each other and were at a constant interplay with one another. We will now look at all three traditions in turn. Confucianism, or Ruism, which means school of thought, was founded by the Chinese scholar Kung Fu Tzu, also known as Confucius. It's seen as a philosophy, religion, and a tradition, therefore transcending the dichotomy between secularity and religion. Its main idea is the importance of a good moral character, which affects the surrounding world through cosmic harmony. Confucian ethics is based on the idea that the world is governed by an order that is moral in nature. At the center is the human being as part of society. Humans should strive for moral ethical perfection and orientate themselves on the five constants: humaneness or benevolence, justice or righteousness, proper right, knowledge, and integrity. The moral character can be achieved through education and through the virtue of humaneness or ren, which then in turn leads to righteous behavior such as respect, altruism, and humility. Confucianism's golden rule, so to say, is do not do unto others what you would not want others to do unto you. Confucius thought that a sense of community and especially devotion to family strengthens this behavior and in turn society. Confucianism puts a focus on relationships and harmony between people. Only if people are in the right relation to each other can a family work harmoniously. There's a special emphasis on a harmonious relationship between father and son husband and wife, brother and younger brother. When a family is harmonious, so is society. Confucius supported the idea that everyone should have access to education according to their abilities. He believed that studying is a prerequisite for the understanding of the heaven and the people, but learning should only be complementary to thinking. He says, Learning without thinking is useless, but thinking without learning is dangerous. He also believed that human development is a lifelong process and that people come into the world being very similar to each other, but change and become different from one another as they grow older. Learning is seen as playing an important role in this development. Taoism is strongly connected to the philosopher Lao Tzu and can be traced back to the 4th century BC. Tao can literally be translated as the Way and is considered an all-pervading principle underlying the whole world. It can therefore be imminently found in individuals, similarly to Confucianism. Taoism also considers harmony as extremely important, but contrary to Confucianism, which focuses more on harmony within human relationships, Taoism is more concerned with harmony between humans and nature. The leading ethical concept in Taoism is Wu Wei, which can be translated to action without intent or non-action. It holds a belief that humans and animals should live in balance and harmony with the Tao and the energy contained in it and to not force someone's will upon the universe, but instead letting things unfold spontaneously. In Taoism, harmony is especially connected to the concept of yin and yang. Yin and yang is a concept of dualism. It Describes that opposites like light and dark are interconnected and work together in the universe. They are like two sides of the same coin. A thing can be yin and yang at the same time. And two different things can be yin or yang also at the same time. Yin Yang is part of Qi, the energy in the Tao, which is guiding everything in the universe. Taoists also believe that the spirit or soul joins the Tao after death. Buddhism, today one of the world's major religions, originated in India in 563-483 to 483 BC, and later spread to China and other East Asian countries. Its founder was an Indian prince named Siddhartha Gautama, who later became known as a Buddha. Buddhists believe that life is a constant cycle of suffering and reincarnation, which can only be escaped by achieving nirvana, a state of enlightenment. The state state of enlightenment can be achieved through meditation. Buddha told about the four noble truths. The first noble truth is called Dukkha, or suffering, which means that everyone is suffering. The second noble truth is called Samuraya, or origin of suffering, which says that all suffering comes from desire. The third noble truth is Niroda, or cessation of suffering, which states that it is possible to escape suffering by achieving enlightenment. The Fourth Noble Truth, Manga, or a path of the cessation of suffering, teaches the steps to achieve enlightenment. This refers to the middle way, the idea that only a way of life between two extremes is satisfying. If you can remember our episode on ancient Greece, this is also how Aristotle viewed the good life. But since this is a psychology podcast, what's really important here are the Buddhist thoughts on the self. The concepts of anatta or anapman are especially of interest for us. They state that there is no permanent or unchanging self. Oftentimes this is misunderstood and as such that there is no self at all or that the self is an illusion. However, Buddhists do not deny the existence of a self. What is merely meant is that the self consists of fleeting perceptions and experiences, so the self is always changing. This concept is often associated with the five aggregates. The five aggregates can be seen as personality components and, according to Buddhism, are not permanent. If a person clings onto the aggregates, suffering arises. The five aggregates are form, sensations or feelings, perceptions, mental activity and consciousness. I will not go into too much detail here because Buddhism will play a major role in next week's episode on ancient India. This concludes today's episode on ancient China. Next week, we'll see what ancient India had to say about the human psyche. If you liked this episode, it would mean a lot to me if you left a review and subscribed to never miss an episode. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram at allthingpsychology underscore podcast to join in on the conversation and get some accompanying material to each episode. Thanks so much for listening. Stay curious, stay healthy, and see you next time. Bye.